Hello everyone and welcome back to the Football Sugar Podcast. My name's Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hiya, how you doing? Not bad. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing all the latest Premier League news, previewing this weekend's Glasgow Derby, and at the end of the podcast, Pierce will give a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. Coming up next, we'll be discussing the latest Premier League news. So the big news coming out from this Premier from the Premier League this weekend is that Brendan Rodgers and Graham Potter both lost their jobs at Leicester and Chelsea. We will start by reacting to the Brendan Rodgers news. So Leicester confirmed on Sunday that uh, Brendan Rodgers had left the club after they were defeated by Crystal Palace 2-1 the previous day on Saturday which leaves Leicester in the relegation zone. So, Pierce, what was your reaction when you heard that Brendan Rodgers had left Leicester? A bit surprised, um, because obviously he did, he did want to, I think he kind of wanted to leave early on in the season, and he kind of did upturn the results in terms of but just before the the World Cup. Um, but since then, the form has just kind of had a major a downturn, and... The English Premier League is known for being cutthroat, and with it just being a matter of like six, seven games, eight games left, um, Leicester actually in a dogfight and they need wins, and um, I don't think they would have got it with Brendan Rodgers. That's what they, they, they both think, and um, at the end of the day, like, Leicester haven't been good enough this season, and if you can't get it, the results so far this season, then I think like, you've seen as well with the other clubs around about him, all sacking the managers and all getting an instant impact, especially like Crystal Palace Roy Hodgson got an instant win. Um, so I think they're looking for something similar because they're at Leicester a bit stale under Brendan Rodgers. Yep. Um, I, I wasn't surprised, to be honest, um, when I saw the result that Crystal Palace had, had defeated Leicester in the last minute of the game as well. I, I did have a feeling, um, you know, in a way, I, I do feel sorry for Rodgers because he hasn't really been back the last couple of transfer windows. Um, you know, they went and they started the season, I don't think, I think they'd only signed one player. Um, so, and all the other teams around them is strengthened. So they were kind of, you know, they were kind of at a disadvantage with that. Um, I've watched them a few times this season and I just felt that, you know, the team was, as you said, it was going a bit stale. Right. Um, you know, they've got a few situations with, I think, Thielmans, who's run out of contract this summer. So I, right. I think there's a few players in there that are kind of thinking ahead as to what their next club is. Um, you know, uh, and the fact that they're 19th in the table, and although they've not made a lot of signings, you know, you look at their team and you think that, you know, they shouldn't be 19th. And, you know, I, I, I do think that Leicester owners, they really wanted to keep Rodgers. Um, I think they really wanted to try and keep with him to the end of the season at least. But I think now when you've got, well, there's about 10 games to go, I think you look at the, yeah, I think you look at the, there are teams around them who've also sat the managers and, are, and got someone else in. You can see the impact they've had. So I think Leicester just looked at it and thought that, you know, they need to do the same and try and keep themselves up this season. 
So, um, do you think it was the right or wrong decision? What do you think? Ultimately, I think it is the right decision. Um, I just think they could have done it a lot earlier. Um, they probably could have done it in January during the, the World Cup. And that way, they did, they did um, an opportunity for a new manager to bring in some players that he wants to suit his system. Um, but it was probably, it's probably going to be someone that's similar to Sean Dyche Everton. It's going to be something that's kind of away from Leicester still. I think it'll be something more. Because let's be honest, Leicester have been so leaky at the back that you just can see goal after goal. They look very suspect. So I think there will be someone that's kind of on an interim basis. I think it will be someone that will just kind of shore up that defence and try to get the best out of uh, James Madison and Yuri Tielemans to create chances. Because they've got a good side. They're just lost their confidence, lost their form. And also they've got, they're still going to rely on, what is it, a 35-year-old Jamie Vardy up front? That, so yeah. yeah. Me, they, they, should have, they should have had replacements already in the, in the, in the club. And uh, I just don't think they've uh, planned well enough. And the squad, like you said, lack of investment. I think the only one sign they made this season in January it was like Harry Suter for fifty million from Stoke, but before that they they lost Cashworth Michael, and then they they signed what they signed somebody for I think it was like Alex Smithies from Huddersfield, as his replacement. Like when you lose some of that quality in goals, you're going to struggle. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, it's it's been a really difficult season for Leicester. Um, you know, obviously losing Schmeichel, who's been such a such a big player for them in the last ten plus years. Um, uh, I, 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 I do think. Well, as I, I've just said, I do think. Although I did see it coming, I do think it was the right decision. Um, you know, because uh, as I've said, that I've watched Leicester a few times this season, and just recently as well. Like after the World Cup, I think in terms of, if the season started just after the World Cup, I think they're bottom of the table, in terms of form. So, uh, I think that just kind of says it all that. You know, it does look like it's gone a bit, it's gone a bit stale there. So I, I do think it was a right decision, but in terms of Rogers itself, I, I do think he will, he'll get another job pretty soon because you know, I think the, I think the legacy leaves at Leicester as well. It's brilliant, you know. He's he's won them a, a couple of cups, the FA Cup, and I think it was the Community Shield they won them. Nearly, nearly uh, got them into the top four twice went down to the last day of the season. So I think the legacy as well for, for Rogers I think's been I think it's really good and it can leave his head held high. Mm. So uh we'll now move on to uh the news that Graham Potter had left his job on Sunday after he was all, after Chelsea were defeated by Aston Villa on the on the Saturday. And so Pierce, what was your reaction when you heard that Graham Potter had left? Uh, it was just it was a whirlwind day because it was like Rogers and Potter sacked on the same day. Like wow, didn't see that coming like a double sacking on the same day in the Premier League. But in terms of Graham Potter, I think that was less of a surprise for me. I think it was he's a good manager at Brighton. He, he proved that um, consistently. He made, he made them a Premier League club, and Deserby is then built on that success, and he's done even better in his short spell. But in terms of Graham Potter, he's he built the foundation at Brighton and he's made them a, a, a really good club in the Premier League now. Um, you'd be surprised if they actually ever go down now because they've actually, they're that solid in terms of the foundations of the club. But in terms of Chelsea, I just think it was the right, it was a the wrong club for him. It just, it just didn't suit him. And the fact is, with all the money being spent 
Uh, I think they were Todd Bow signings. They were not Graham Potter signings. Like, he's came in and he's just been like, I'm giving you these players, do your best with them. And he just couldn't. And a lot of players, when they get left out of the squad, because there's so many players in that club, they were just having fallouts and what have you, question the manager, maybe just going straight to the board. And I just think, just um, just reset and he'll get another he'll get another big job, but not as I think Chelsea may be just too soon for him, or it was just too, too much hassle and too much pressure for him. Yeah, no, um, just like Rogers, I wasn't really surprised when I heard the news. Uh, I've always thought since the day he got appointed, I think it was back in September, that I just didn't think it was the right fit. You know, I don't think you can go from Thomas Tuchel to Graham Potter. I think, and I think Graham Potter's a brilliant manager. I really do. I think he's, I think the job he'd done at Brighton was, was brilliant, but you know, Tuchel's a Champions League winner. You know, he, he was constantly fighting for the Premier League title in the time he was at Chelsea. So I just think from going from Tuchel to Potter, who hasn't been in that situation in terms of being at a big club like Chelsea and competing for titles, I, I just feel, you know, if it didn't go right for him or it didn't start well for him from the start, I felt he would have problems. And, you know, I think throughout the whole time he was at Chelsea, you know, it just he just didn't get results. Um, I do feel sorry for him because you know the Chelsea owners, you know, he he's got the, the checkbook out and he's he's thrown money at the squad, and you know they've signed countless players and Graham Potter's had to try and get them into a team into a formation that works. And like when watching them, you know, although they they dominate the ball, but they don't really create enough chances and then when they do create chances they don't finish them so and but they but they also concede at the other end of the pitch and I felt that you know the more games they were dropping points and either drawing or losing they weren't winning I just felt that it was going to be a matter of time before um, he was going to lose his job and you could the fans never really took to him as well from like mm. the first game um, so I I did think it was I did think it um you know I I I could see it coming when when I did hear the news that I wasn't really surprised. So um, uh, I was just going to ask you, would you think it went wrong for Green Potter, or do you think anything went wrong for him? What do you think? I think what went wrong was he signed the contract with Chelsea. So I think he just he just went into an absolute um mess. But the club would have been better just sticking with Thomas Tuchel. Because look what the club is at now. He's at Bayern Munich. That's, that's how highly they rate him. And I just think, like I said, I think Graham Potter just wasn't ready for that elite club mentality. Like It's a different type of pressure. It's a total different kettle, kettle of fish. I mean, it's like, like you're managing a team that's happy just to avoid relegation and anything above that is just a bonus. I mean, so so you're not you're not you're not demanded to win every game. Whereas at Chelsea, you're demanded to win every game, compete in the Champions League, and compete for the, the domestic trophies. And obviously, like when he's came in, they've not really seen a they've not really seen a Graham Potter style of play. Um, there've been too many changes for the sides, um, and there's just too many players to try and fit into the system. And a lot of the players that have came in haven't hit the ground running at all. Like you look at someone, for instance, like Mudrick. He was really good for Shakhtar in the Champions League, 
uh, in the Ukrainian Premier League. But when he came to the Premier League, he's, I think he's played 10 games, got zero goals, one assist. Since January, like, that, that's the difference. Like, when, when you take a step up, it's like when you're, and you're and he's signed for £88 million. Pounds. Players like that, and, and let's be honest, Chelsea still don't have a number nine. When you don't have a number nine, you will struggle to compete the top in the Premier League. Because you look at the top sides in the Premier League. Like Manchester United have got Rashford, Arsenal have got Gabriel Jesus and Saka, and um, Man City have got Erling Haaland, Julian Alvarez, the list goes on. Liverpool have got Salah, I mean, like, if you don't have an, an, a goal score going to get you 20, 25 league goals a season, you will struggle. And like you said, very leaky at the back as well, so it's like they've got both sides of the game wrong. And I just think Graham Potter just wiped the season and just build his reputation back up again. He will get another Premier League job, but it won't be an elite club. He's just not ready for it in the moment. And Thomas Tuchel, I think Chelsea should be ready to let him go because he could potentially go on and win the Champions League with Bayern Munich. Yeah, no, um, totally agree. And I agree with what you said there about Graham Potter. Just, I think Graham Potter should just... Now, now, he, now obviously, decisions have been made. I think he would just be sitting there going, right, I'm just going to forget that this season's ever happened. Mm. Because before he went, Chelsea, you know, the job he was doing at Brighton was was brilliant and you know, I, I don't know, but he might be slightly regretting leaving Brighton now um, but I think you know, just think, totally forget about what happened this season at Chelsea and you know, he will get another job and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up replacing Rodgers at Leicester um, that could seem like a good fit, so um, no, um, no, it was uh, so that's obviously news about about Graham Potter so we will now move on to the preview of the Celtic versus Rangers match so on Saturday the 8th of April Celtic will play Rangers at Celtic Park in what is set to be a title deciding match Pierce what is your thoughts about the match the upcoming match uh, excitement because um, it is like I said it's like every game this season has been kind of like a blockbuster um, bo- both sides have been like outstanding form this season in the league, um, and even the the cup the cup final where Celtic won two one, Celtic were the better side, but it was still only two one. It's like it's like fine margins. It's all about moving off the ball and like quick passes you're playing. Like if there's one mistake, that's usually they're usually punished, and um and you seen when Michael Beale came in at Rangers like the, the first game, two two game. It's like. Celtic didn't play great, but Celtic always find a way to come back. So, and the fact is, it it will be at Celtic Park with no away fans, which I do think it kind of kills the atmosphere. But that is basically just an advantage for the home side. And the last season or two with Celtic, when they've been at home, they've been quite consistent. Like they usually kind of blow Rangers away, to be honest, with three four nil. But I, I don't expect it to be that again. Um, but I do expect a Celtic win. I would probably say like one or two nil. Yeah. Um. That's it. In my opinion, I think this is a must win for Rangers. Um. You know, obviously Celtic are nine points clear at the moment. You know, games are running out. We're in. We're into the end of the season. Coming up to the end of the season now. So, uh, I I think this does that. This game will decide the title. In my opinion, I think if if Rangers if Rangers win, then you know. They've still got a chance, although, you know, at six points is still quite a gap at this time of the season. And I think if Celtic win, they'll also go 12 points clear and 
you know, I think I think that I think that's really it. I think that's Celtic, although not confirmed. I mean, I, I think Celtic will will win the title if they win on Saturday. Um, you know, in, my, in terms of the result, I do think Celtic will win, and I only think they'll win because because of the fact that there is no away fans. Um, you know that's not the reason why they won, but because they're a really good team. But um, I just think you know it must be you know for Rangers to come to to Celtic Park play in front of sixty thousand fans with no fans for them. It must you know that must it, that must be it must be such a tough game to play in. And I just think the Celtic, you know, they've just been ruthless all season. Uh, you know, especially at home. You know that. You know, I don't think any. I can't remember the last time they get beat at home in the league, and uh, you know, they're in good form. All the Rangers are in good form as well. But I just think Celtic will have too much on Saturday, and I do think that they will win. Probably not a big scoreline. They'll probably just be one or two goals in it. But yeah, I think Celtic will win, and I think I think Saturday will. I think we'll 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 know for certain which way the title's going. I think as well, another contributing factor for both sides, it's like, I think Rangers might be potentially losing Raskin in the middle of the park, who's their new signing, he has been very good for them in terms of kind of offering that balance of box-to-box as a midfielder, so potentially could see the same midfield that did start in the cup final, your Kamara, your Lundstrom, and maybe potentially your Jack, or even your Cantwell, um, and obviously maybe Tillman on the right, but it's the same goes with Celtic as well. What Celtic potentially are sweating over the fitness of Aaron Moy and Rio Atati. And if you watch Celtic's recent performances without the two of them in the side, they look like a different animal. They don't look as, as potent and as dangerous because when you play someone like uh, David Turnbull or Matt O'Reilly, they're very similar. They're, they're not very... They're not, they're, not, they're, not, they're not high energy. They're more technical on the ball. Um, and both of them kind of make the same runs. Tomoki Awat, who has just came in door for, for Celtic, um, did have a really good uh, first start against Ross County away. But when you play Rangers, it's, like I said, it's a different different ball game. It's like the the biggest derby in world football, in my opinion. Um, and like the high the, the pressure of the fans, obviously, will be obviously all Celtic fans. But if you're not performing, they will get in your back as well. It's like and the millions walking across the world. It's like if you take a bad first touch, the behind on you, and like, you. You need to be at it from the first whistle because no matter how talented you are, it's about who who works hard, who 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 wants it more basically, and who will get the the win. But um, it's set up for a blockbuster game, and I can see see it being a, a, a fine occasion. I, I do think well, also with with Rangers wanting to cut that gap down to six points because they don't they don't want it to stretch to twelve. Um, because if it stretches to twelve, it's game over, um, and then their focus will solely be on that cup semi final, um, which is cup as well. Yeah, just the my final point on uh, the game on Saturday. You know, I think you made a good point there about the injuries, because Celtic. You know, although Celtic are probably the favourites for the match, you know, Rangers might fancy themselves in terms of the injuries Celtic got at the moment. You know, as you said, Hatati and Aaron Boy for Celtic are. Celtic's probably two most crucial players, and for them to be missing out, you know, if they do miss out, you know, that could be a problem for Celtic's midfield in terms of creating. Uh, Greg Taylor, 
came off on uh, Sunday against Ross County. And again, he's been one of Celtic's best players this season. So uh, that, that that could be that could be an issue. And also Abada, Real Abada, he's missing out in his record at Celtic Park against Rangers is is really good. Uh, he seems to always turn up in these kind of games. So uh you know, Rangers might this time be a bit more confident because of the injuries Celtic have got. And well, as you said, Rangers do have their injury concerns as well, but uh, it does seem like Celtic at the moment are a bit more, you know, they've got a bit more injury issues, but, you know, their squad is still very strong, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what the teams are like, the team lineups are like at the start and how the game goes. Um, so, for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so on Friday, uh done a match report for the Japanese League and it was a uh, Kashiwa race hall nil um Urawa Red three uh, diamonds three and then on uh, Saturday we had a full card of Japanese uh, to fi- Japanese League to finish it off it was a uh, Alberts Nagata one uh, Nagoya Grampus three um Kyoto Sangan nil Vassel Kobe three um that maintained Vassel Kobe's uh, 100% record in the league as well um Yokama FC one uh, Avispa Fukuoka one Kyle Shantler's 1, uh, Sanfrecce Hiroshima 2, Sagan Toso 1, FC Tokyo 0, Shonen Belmere 4, Gambo Saka 1, Serres Osaka 2, Yokama Maros 1, and Haikido Consoldo Sapporo 3, uh, Kawasaki Fren- uh, Frontale 4. And then on Saturday we had the uh, Korean-, Korean League, and that was uh, Jumbo 1, Puang Steelers 2, Guangzhou FC 2, Suwon FC 0, Incheon United nil, uh, Daegu FC nil, and Daejeon Citizen 3, FC Seoul 2, which I've done a match report on that as well, and that's available on the Football Trick website. And um, uh, that's us for the Asian football news in terms of the results. Uh, thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Trigu podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Trigu YouTube channel and also the Football Chuggy website. Thanks for listening, and see you soon. Bye-bye.